Welcome back to the Between Breaths podcast. And we are getting towards the end of January, aren't we? Can you believe it? The the year has started. It's been a it's been a rip roaring start, hasn't it? Well, I don't know. It may have been for you. Um it sort of feels like a bit of a whirlwind for me. Um we have got a fantastic podcast guest for you. Very pleased, excited, and um honoured and grateful to have someone that has become a great friend. Um, that is Sarah Moore, and she is one of the Oxford Vantage coaches. She's one of the first people that I taught the Oxford Vantage to. She's also a former um, dancer and is a coach in all aspects of, of movement and dance, um, a fascinating array of um, training and uh, coaching skills, everything from like movement, flexibility, mobility, Pilates, all different types of, of dance. And then also now integrating breath training into that. I think she even works with parkour athletes as well. So um, a whole array of things. And obviously I'm excited from the, the breath side of it, but I'm also excited by seeing um, coaches in all different types of modalities of um, health, fitness, well-being and, and movement and seeing them um, take concepts from things like the Oxygen Advantage that we teach and taking those breathing techniques and concepts into those coaching um, modalities. And um, it's fascinating to see what people are doing. Um, I'm really excited for, for coaches like Sarah. And it's one of the great things I love about being a master instructor with the Oxygen Advantage and a mentor um, is not only helping coaches like Sarah become certified, and that could be you <laughs> uh, later this year, but also the ongoing support that I do as a mentor uh, and we have a group, um, there's over 100 of us, of us now that um, I've, have gone through the Oxfordantage certification with me and um, we meet every every month, there's a session where we do some continued professional development, some, some education, um, you get help and support to get through your exam and cases of the certification but also that ongoing support to help us all improve, thrive and flourish as the best coaches that, that we can be in a particular in our particular area of interest. Um, so Sarah is one of those, you're gonna hear directly from her and I just wanted to let you know about opportunities if this was something you would be interested in doing. The Oxvantage certification, the opportunities to do that with me in person this year and online. Um, the three coming up soon are, very soon is the 9th to 11th of February in Nottingham. So it's three days in Nottingham and you get access to all of the online support as well and that ongoing mentoring. But the three days in-person um, training in Nottingham, it's the only certification that's going to be run in sort of the Midlands within the, within the UK um, this year. And so if that's within your sort of remit, um, we still have, um, I say remit, I mean in your like, area that you can get to. We still have places available for that um, and it's in only just a couple of weeks. Um, it's literally going out, yeah, it's two weeks today we start. So if you're still interested, there is places available. Um, check out probreathwork.com for that um, and all the links for these will be in the show notes. There's also then online, if you're wanting to, to do it online for that flexibility or you live outside of the UK, um, that's done one session a week over eight weeks, starting on the 2nd of April. And then there is a retreat uh, style happening in Scotland so a beautiful retreat center in the woods um, in the woods like in, in these beautiful woodlands um, just north of uh, Glasgow 17th and 19th of May um, so your accommodation your food your access to all of the uh, retreat facilities like the sauna the ice baths 
um, the jacuzzis, all that's included, your food and your accommodation. Um, so it is more expensive because it in, involves that as well as the education and certification and a little bit of my banter in the evenings probably. Um, that's the 17th to 19th of May. It's a much smaller group for that one so places are limited and they are starting to book up now. Um, so again if you're interested um, check probreathwork.com forward slash certifications. Link will be in the show notes to see all three of those different options in the first half of this year. Um, and uh, if you have any questions, you can email me directly, david.jackson at oxygenadvantage.com. And happy to answer any questions you have about upcoming certifications or anything else at all. Um, other events that we've got coming up as well. Um, on the 2nd of March in the UK in Cheshire with Rooted Life. I'm running the Breathwork part. But we've also got Owen and Catherine from Rooted Life giving us a, a connection experience to cold water nature and we've also got a sound bath so we've got the cold water the breath work the nature the understanding of resilience and, and building stress resilience um, all part of that rooted life connection experience day that's on the 2nd of march at the beautiful farm club in cheshire um, so there'll be a link in the show notes for that as well and then finally um, a few people <laughs> there's been literally three people that pay deposits have had to drop out of the uh, Breathe and Move Tenerife training retreat, which is on the 21st, 24th of March. This is the highlight of the year, literally, and particularly if you're someone like us that likes a little bit of fun in the sun, particularly when it's cold and wintry in the UK. So whilst everyone's uh, being miserable at home in the UK because it's cold, um, in March, 21st to 24th of March, you can come for three nights, four days, Breathe and Move training retreat with myself and fellow master instructor Oliver, um, who is a capoeira coach as well as a master instructor with the Oxford Vantage. So we teach breathing and movement and integrate those two things together and we have an awful lot of fun uh, in the sun in Tenerife. Uh, so there are now places available for that also because unfortunately for three people they've had to pull out. Um, again, it's a small group. Um, there's only uh, eight people that come onto the retreat. So um, if you're interested, Details again at probreathwork.com. Check out the links uh, in the show notes for those. We'll thank the podcast sponsors, HVMN, um, providing the sponsorship of the podcast, but also these fantastic um, ketone IQ products. This is the, those watching the video, this is the little um, shots that can go in your bag. I use these for the endurance events that I do and the training. There's also the, the larger bottle, um, which is uh, more concentrated, but you can dilute them down. Amazing for focus, concentration, sleep. I say I've been using it for my recovery. It's a it's a fuel source that um, can be just added to your 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 electrolyte drink, which is what I do, and um, it's something that I've been utilizing now for over eighteen months. Um, I've said it almost probably every, on every single podcast. If you haven't tried these, it's definitely something. You know, there's many things that you try that you don't carry on doing, carry on using. This is something that um, I've been using and will continue to use because it works and it's good. Um, good for brain health. That's important for me for my history of, of brain injuries. Good for brain health. The, the ketones, they um, as a fuel source, they just cross directly the, the blood-brain barrier. So very effective for the brain. Great for focus, concentration. I've noticed an improvement in my sleep as well, uh, but then using it for my endurance training too. So HVMN are sponsoring the podcast and they've got a 20% discount code for all of the Between Breath podcast listeners, which I'm very grateful for. The code is very simply JACO in capitals, 
Um, and if you head over to hvmn.com forward slash Jacko, the link is in the show notes, then that 20% discount code is automatically applied. So head over and go check Ketone IQ from HVMN out today. Well, once you've listened to the podcast, because here is great friend, great coach, great human, Sarah Moore on the Between Breaths podcast. We enter this world taking our first breath and sadly we leave this place taking our last. And what I want to do with this podcast is to explore what happens between those breaths. I'm David Jackson, Jacko, and this is the Between Breaths podcast. So Sarah, welcome to uh, the Between Breaths podcast. Thanks for spending some time with me and the listeners today. Hi, Jacko. Nice to be here. Um, and so it would be even nicer if these things weren't always done on Zoom as well, wouldn't it? But um, you are in a different part of the world. Um, so let, let people know a little bit. Who is, who is Sarah Moch? If I'm pronouncing it right, I'm terrible at pronunciation. But yeah, for those that, that, that maybe haven't come across uh, you on Instagram and your work, like who, who is Sarah and, and, and what is she about? And then we'll get into a little bit of your story and yeah, how, how you're using breathing in a very creative way within the sort of creative art space. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm currently living in Germany, north of Germany in Hamburg, but traveling a lot uh, to to meet artists and athletes all around the world and see what they need and how they work. I'm very interested in um, people moving, uh, not just in the fields of art. I'm a dancer myself, uh, working as a dancer on stage, but uh, I'm very passionate about people doing things that are different and seeing and learning about new approaches to make human beings and specifically artists and athletes feel better while they perform and do their peak performances. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, we first connected a couple of years ago, maybe even more. And I think if my memory serves me correctly, um, I can't remember what it was that I was doing something stupid on social media, probably. And you, uh, well, you're well connected with, 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 a, we've got a mutual friend, Carl, uh, Carl Oscar Pearly, that, um, he was, um, uh, first guest on the podcast. And, um, anyway, we, we, you were trying to help me with me being, me being stupid about, so I can't even remember what it was, but anyway, we connected, we connected like that. And it was, it was nice. Cause you were, um, well, I was a bit, it was a bit, I actually remember it was very distinctly being like, okay, this person's trying to help me, but like, they don't want any money. And I was like, at first it was a bit like, why just the word that often the world we move, like you, you get it where it's like, oh yeah, I'll help you. And you're like, oh, cool. And then it's like, yeah, this is, this is how much, you're, this is how much my services are like, or, you know, those stupid messages you get on Instagram of like, oh, pay me this and I'll get your blue tick verified or you know, all that sort of rubbish. But anyway, um, and that we we connected through that and then um you were obviously interested in breathing i ran my sort of first three week um i think back then it was called a breathwork basics course um which you were part of one of those first ones and then you did the oxyvantage certification uh the, the first time i ran it um online and obviously you've had a, an interest in that I'm very interested. I'm sure people to, to, to listen, listening will be as well. Like what sparked that interest for you? I guess it's a double pronged question. What sparked that interest for you? And I'm, I'm sort of guessing, but it'd be nice for you to elaborate on 
when I played rugby, zero information about breathing. Like when you were a, a younger performer and you were working on stage, like a lot of pressure, a lot of stress, and mentally, emotionally, but and also physically, not from in rugby getting bashed by someone, but in what you're doing to your body in terms of trying how flexible you're trying to be or how you're trying to sync things together, like it's hard, right? Did you did you have any training in breathing? Um, yeah, where, where did what was that like when you were going through that sort of early stage of your career as a performer? Yeah, right. Um, I guess that it's it's very new to 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 lots of disciplines the breathing um as a discipline itself for mm. for athletes and when i was younger we were not introduced how um breathing works um or how we should use it even though it's a big part of being a dancer uh, so what what we would do is uh, learning to breathe together on stage in a way that it dictates basically the rhythm to the music that we're going to use. So if you see dancers right. moving on stage together, they are either counting in their heads. Um, there's a count that is specific to each movement. That's why they do things um, yeah. together. But uh, you will always, if you get a bit closer to them, also hear them breathe together. Um, really? So, a group, yeah. so, if so, so there's a group doing like a cool dance together. They're potentially sequencing their breathing together. Yes, definitely. On purpose or by unconsciously. unconsciously. Sorry, I interrupted. Wow. You. Yeah. No, 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 no. I interrupted you, but I'm like, that's just blowing my mind. Like anyone here in the, I don't know if you have. There was this thing. Um, was it Britain? Was it on Britain's Got Talent? There was one of the things years ago. Um, diversity were like a dance group that, like you know, went from wherever they were doing it to like on telly because of Britain's Got Talent. I mean, anyone in the UK will know what I'm talking about. And it was like, it just brought that like cool sort of street dance backflips and doing stuff all in sequence together. Like they were unbelievable. Like it was amazing. And just hearing that now, I'm thinking that like, cause you would look at it again, like how are they so perfectly, everything they do is perfectly together. And obviously you're just thinking like practice, but that's fascinating to think that like, um, there is the the simplest movement that they'll have all been doing as well as the complicated stuff would have been the breathing movement and sure. seeing that together. It makes a lot of sense. It blows my mind to think that it could almost be subconsciously that they do it, but yeah, yeah that's yeah. fascinating. I mean, you will have maybe you will, you'll have a choreographer telling you where to breathe and where to like give each other cues and sounds, even if you right. see someone moving and then the other one starts afterwards and you're like, how did they time it so perfectly? Of course, there's the numbers. Dancers always count from one to eight and there's the, the numbers telling you what to do. Right. But if you breathe in another um, manner than your colleagues would breathe, immediately your movement will change and you might be yeah. later or faster. So it's a bit like when you see fishes moving together or birds, yeah. uh, they have a communication that goes above. I mean, they're not talking yeah. to each other. There's <laughs> yeah. like a, an intelligence that uh, connects um, the bodies. So yeah. uh, same thing with everything, like if you, bend your body down to go down, you would not breathe in while you do that. Like intuitionally, there's an intuition yeah. that tells us how to breathe. Um, but we we are not told um, or we're not taught by anyone how, how the oxygen advantage is um, uh, teaching us uh, how, how to be efficient while we breathe. And what I see a lot 
uh, while while performing or dancing or coaching people nowadays, since we work together and you showed me your knowledge, is that mostly anyone will shut their mouths while training and uh, will be out. They will mostly be out of breath while they are off stage. So also while dancers um, perform, they are usually traveling from country to country or city to city. And the theaters that they will perform mm. in are going to be uh, on different heights. So I remember going to Mexico um, right. 13 years ago, and we would have to wear masks um, uh, backstage because our bodies would travel to levels Altitude. that... Altitude. Yeah, yeah. Right. So back then, it would have been so nice to know these things, to get ready to be on stage. Yeah, you could do some outage, some breath holding, simulating altitude training in the weeks leading up to going so that's yeah yeah i've not even thought of stuff like that we think of it only from a sporting perspective right um, i guess what sport isn't it you could classify it's just like dances the same but is there an, one thing not going too far of course but is there an element of um there was someone on a retreat we did recently that she was a dancer too and she was talking mm -hmm. about how um they were just sort of having that they just looked into pandora's box of breathing and it was like opening up this like oh wow there's this whole thing that i've not been in control of that well when i've been like and it was just like so sort of, you know in your early stages and it like it opens up and you're like oh gosh there's a lot here um, but one thing that was really interesting conversation was around how like having to hold a posture and smile because it was almost like you need to make the smile um and how that being quite potentially um, challenging for breathing mechanics um, or even a, um, and the same type of thing, a ballet um, instructor or, or coach teacher uh, that we did some work with that, you know, they're very told very much to like, you know, pull the stomach in and like how that influences um, or impacts on breathing mechanics. Um, I'd love to hear your take on that. Yeah. Like the smiling, the posture and then like the, the sucking of the tummy like what's been your experience of that and how do you look at do you look at some of that differently now having gone through some of the deeper dive into the breathing that you've done yes definitely yeah there are there are a um, few things i could say to that like depends there are so many different disciplines on dancing as you were mentioning the the, the ballet for example is is one discipline then you have something that is maybe more folklore or musicals that work more with smiling and entertaining someone all the time then you have the break dancers that um that they they dance basically being upside down so the posture of their lungs and their diaphragm is totally different but one thing that i think all dance disciplines have in common is what you were just saying that we are told to pull our to we have to look skinny or look athletic so we are told to pull our belly in most of the times and i remember while being in university and studying dance most of my friends were having lots of back problems because their um, abdominal walls were so tensed all the time and sucking their yeah. belly in, belly in, whatever that means, yeah, right? Yeah, because yeah. they're being told things too. The dance world is very old school in the way they express themselves. So they yeah. would they would say things like breathe into your belly, which we know is impossible because you can't do that. You can just breathe into your lungs or pull the belly in and getting all these cues from choreographers or dancers that are basically um, opposite to what the biomechanics of the breathing is actually doing and how we could help um, the movement. 
is it's very controversial in most of the yeah. things I know, uh, also about strength work. And uh, so, yes, uh, this this affects dancers spine health and, and posture uh, more than you think. And this is why I think breath work can be so so beneficial for for dancers and me working now with break dancers is to still a totally different work than working with ballet dancers because they need to use their ribs and their shoulders differently mm. so um i want to come you, you've sparked a few things i want to come back to sort of um particularly mentioning well, it's probably not uh, it's not specific to break dancing um any sort of dancing i want to come back to it and write it down so i don't forget come back to the sort of um conditioning element that being better in control of your breathing and some of the breath holding techniques that you will have learned with the Vantage, how they could potentially be really beneficial for aerobic capacity for sort of anaerobic recovery and, and whatnot from um, intense bouts of work if it's a breakdance or whatever it is that we're working with. Um, but before going there, I'm, I'm saying that just so I don't forget and just um, and, and so you can remind me if I do and I've written it down. Um, before we go there, that whole piece that you mentioned there, th there's two things that you said. One was around like intuitively when you like fold forward. So going into like a hip flexion of someone's going to touch their toes, like intuitively there's a pattern of like exhaling while we go into flexion patterns and inhaling when we go into extension patterns. And some people that will be, they'll be like, yeah, yeah, that's, I get that. And that's because of this, this, and this. Other people will be like, oh yeah. That does actually make sense or other people have never even thought about it but how not but so with that sort of there's there's that side of it how how breathing syncs with movement or how we can facilitate better movement by syncing it with the right breathing pattern um is one sort of prong i want to just like dive into a little bit and the other bit related to it but being a little bit touching on that like when i'm compensating or when I'm restricting my rib movement or when I'm misinterpreting a cue. So like someone might say, breathe into your belly or whatever the thing may be with the right intentions, it might not mean the same thing to, to everybody. You know, if I say to someone like, I want you to do, I want you to move your left foot up in the air, like they'll move their left foot up in the air. They might do it in a few different ways. And so, the the cue that the, the 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 cue that we give people is quite important as well as take that foot left foot it's a stupid but we'll stick with it left foot up in the air like how I want if I want them to do it in a particular way then I've got to give them some other cues to do it like without bending your knee or whatever the thing may be and I think with we get lost breathing gets the 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 art of like the mechanics of breathing well and positioning of the rib cage I think gets gets lost in people assuming it's automatic or not assuming they're correct. It, it can be automatic, but just because it can be automatic, we assume that you sort of can't really have your rib cage in the wrong place, which is ridiculous in like, you can have your, you can have any joint within your body out of alignment. And you know that if something's out of alignment, if you shove your shoulder out of alignment and try and move it well, like it probably hurts, not let alone like it doesn't feel nice. Mm -hmm. And it's no different with the, with any joint within the body. So the rib cage is part of that and the rib cage affecting the spine. Um, so like where, or, or let's just, I wanna, I, my question is almost too 
I don't want to make it it's almost too complicated, but we're sort of trying to unpick it. I'm trying to come, trying to turn it into a question at some point <laughs> of the, like, where do you, where are you starting from with the, or where, where let's start with this. Where was your understanding of those, how those mechanics are impacted by the potential uh, misunderstanding of what like good posture is that we're creating when we're, we're, we're doing a particular type of, of dance or what, you know, how you were saying you've, your friends having back pain because they're affecting their, their trunk and which is going to be affecting their breathing. Like where did your understanding of all that like start and what are the, some of the things that you're thinking about for yourself or for clients that you're working with that are performers that, um, that you're trying to help them with those mechanics because you're super creative with the way that I've seen you explaining. I think it's being part of dance and arts. Like you're very creative about the metaphors and the and the, the imagery that you try to explain things by. You know, whereas mm -hmm. I'm very boring with, you know, not at all. Uh, you make your <laughs> infrasternal angle wide, and it's like okay, technically that might be right, but it's not very for someone doesn't mean anything to someone. Whereas you get very creative with that imagery. So um, I want to dive into that. Okay, so, so sorry, many, it's a terrible, so terrible no, question. Fine, of like, I basically just said a load of stuff and went, <laughs> do you what can you say something about what I said? <laughs> no, it's perfect. No, it's perfect. Uh, like, I, I'll, I'm, I'm not making notes, so I, I might get lost. Uh, or well, like, basically, like, let's start notes. starting with mechanics, starting no, yeah, with like mechanics. Yeah, so the I think uh, one of the main difficulties for uh, let's let's just focus on dancers in general uh, in, in, in regards to the breathing is one of the main um, negative connections that dancers might do to it. If I breathe, um, I will have to like they, they have to learn to breathe in a way that they don't that people from the outside don't see that they are breathing, right? right. Because uh, they are not allowed to to show movement in the belly. It, st it still has to look good. And like for, for a good breathing mechanics, they have to first learn how to breathe into the sides and to the back. Yeah. And to, it's almost like for me, a discipline that needs to go uh, outside of the dancing room first. Like yeah. uh, they do, for example, dancers are used to do Pilates strength work. And this is something they do apart from their dancing to understand the mechanics of their or the biomechanics of their of their bones and muscles. Yeah. But if you if you think of a dancer training, so let's take something very simple that people can rely on. Let's take a ballet class that always starts on the bar, uh, first right side and left side, and they um, warm up from their feet up to their upper body and uh, the legs. Usually, dancers are used to to focus on their whole body moving uh, as, a, as a connection that expresses something that looks in a certain way. So them focusing on all the details that I have to focus on to, to, to make this dance look or feel a certain way, it's very hard to then take time to understand their breathing at the same yeah. time. Yeah. It needs Too many to... things going on. Yeah, too many things going on. It's it's already hard to to focus just on the motion of the elbow and the fingers, uh, which actually um, have to have to portray the breathing. So in let's if we take ballet again as a as a first idea, um, uh, the warm up starts with representing what breathing looks like as an expression in the limbs. 
I try to say that again in different way. Everything we do while we have the first 45 minutes in the ballet class starts with the motion of the hand representing what breathing feels like in an out, outward expression. But you can learn to express breathing without breathing well. So you can learn to make a visual expression of breathing while you as a yeah, body. So you could be showing, right. You could mm -hmm. be actually, and because you said that they're trying to breathe in a way that no one can see it, then I can present, I could, my, my, my movement of my, I had one ballet lesson where we were working with this ballet and I was terrible. It's hard. <laughs> um, but yes, where I could, I, I, I see what you say, you're saying you could, you can create a movement that looks like you're, being kind of there, but on the inside, something very different is different is happening. Exactly. And this, I think, is one of the main problems for for dancers, dancers specifically, but probably also for musicians and actors is they they are very good at their discipline, but they forget about themselves. While they do it, and when I what I mean about themselves is uh, about the way they breathe, basically, which connects them to have a better mental health, mental health, or yeah. uh, to because the the breathing is going to affect all the biomechanics um, and yeah. biochemistry, as we know. So if you you can spend so and so many years pretending movement yeah. and learning to become an expert of your movement, but if you miss the point of reconnecting to your biochemistry and your biomechanics through the breathing which is actually like the main key, so easy if you focus yeah. on that. Um, then you start to have problems and then you start to look at the problems always from an outside perspective, even though you could learn to, to train your diaphragm and your lungs and your patterns in a way that makes you feel less anxious and uh, less yeah. scared of performing as well. And what I've seen, the best dancers yeah. basically yeah. are good at breathing. You know, you can tell a person yeah. When you see the person moving with a quality that makes you feel like it just looks so different to the others it's because yeah. they have understood this yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah no very interesting let let's come let's come back to the the anxiety piece towards the end because anxiety nerves and things before performing on stage like um I used to really struggle before every, I played 300 games of professional rugby, was like nervous and anxious before every single one and never really understood how, was never exposed to it or taught it of how breathing could really help in the instance, in the short instance, but, and also be a little bit calming influence when depending on our relationship with our nervous system and the, and CO2. So um, that brings in another dimension that's like really useful in the moment of being on stage and performing. And I think of cranky, like being on a rugby field, there's loads of the guys, it's less like, whereas when you're, you could be on stage front and center and it's like, everyone is literally looking at you. Like, so, so yeah, the spotlight is genuinely on you rather than thinking the spotlight is on you. But that, man, being able to manage that with our breathing or manage that better through an understanding of our breathing's effect on nervous system and anxiety, help us in that instance, but it's also wider for like particularly, you know, the same for everyone listening of going like, it will, it will dissipate throughout the rest of our life because you'll be able to manage your stress when you're off stage as well, if you can manage it in the acute phase of being on stage. So um, let's come back to can that. I, can I oh, say something on. to that? Yeah, just no, of course. This because this is something that inspires me a lot uh, to do the work that I'm doing now. Also, like uh, besides of what I just explained, there are so many 
nuances and layers to all of that um because at the end the the, the breathing is also almost as a as a um a secret DNA that shows everything that you are and have gone through, but you can you can find you can find uh, an entrance to that through through the oxygen advantage training to 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 change your DNA, and this is the most important thing, uh, or to inspire your DNA to work in your favor. Um, the most important thing for me is if you are in a room with someone who understood their breathing and and breathe well whatever that means but uh, we 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 teach what that yeah. means right so if you're interested in understanding that of course you're following jacko keep learning and inspiring yourself to breathe better uh but the thing for me as an artist artists have this um tendency to be out of tune out of their art you know they they right. are known to be a bit crazy and go extreme and um the moment that a dancer uh, or an artist understood how to use their breathing and is on stage breathing well and moving better because of breathing well, uh, the, the the audience is going to look at someone that is breathing well and is going to um, start breathing differently too. So if you have a, a group of dancers having a panic attack or simulating a panic attack with their breathing, I'm sure that the, the, the audience is going to be affected by that in their breathing yeah. as well, like yeah, a horror movie, you know? You they, yeah, yeah, you tense, yeah, yeah, yeah. You tense, but at the same time, if you sense someone breathing well, like people going to your workshops, they will, just because of looking at you, the body is going to simulate uh, what you're doing with your body. And I think that this ripple effect is what m motivates me too, to, um, to teach breathing uh, to people that are mainly breathing on stage all the time and showing their work through that mm. to inspire the audience to also sense something unconsciously that feels better. Yeah. Um, yeah. You've, um, you're making me, it, you're making me think back to something you said at the beginning around like, um, when you see, oh, I'm going to forget the type of bird, when you see the, like the, the bird, you said about fish or birds where they're like, um, is it swallows? What is it where they're, they're, they're like, and they, yeah, yeah and, they, and they, and they go to, and you're like, how do the, each of them know where they're supposed to go and how are they? And even um, it's, someone can probably answer this, but I don't know. But like, it's like, why, why are they doing it? Are they doing it just for fun? Is it play? Like what? Anyway, but um, mm -hmm. there's some sort of communication going on. That's not that verbal communication that we're making. And then it's making what you described there is making me think of um, you hear this notion that if like um, uh, females in their cycling years in terms of their hormones, like live together, that their periods will sync up together, not because mm -hmm. they're talking about it and going, let's yeah. make our periods happen together. That there's there's a communication that's happening that we don't understand. It's not, it's a different type of communication. And I love that idea. And I and I agree with you. I don't know that we can necessarily um, explain it, but it's making me think of that idea that like, if I'm breathing calmly and interacting with you, I think we know this, you know, like if we do know this, but in terms of like, if someone comes into, if you're feeling calm, mm -hmm. doing some work or whatever it is that you're doing, someone comes in and they're panicking. And when they're panicking, they're breathing fast and, and they're talking fast and they're stressed. It makes you literally feel like stress, doesn't it? Like we, we feel other people's stress. Um, I think they've shown it with like, if, um, if I'm more parasympathetic than you and I like touch you, 
I will influence your nervous system. I think I'm sure they've yes. they've they've seen some studies with that. Like, and I'm sure you can measure it with your heart rate variability. But I love that idea, and I can and I buy into it. Of like, if I'm if I'm breathing, if I'm showing you a calmness to my breathing, it's almost like my nervous system's way of communicating to you that like, if I'm calm and you're in this room with me, I'm safe. Like, so I'm showing you that you're also this environment is safe, and our brain when it's safe will go into that that state i buy yeah. into that i love that and why not uh, showing artists and athletes to breathe better so that their their movement and the performance gets better but also peeping that are close to these people feel inspired to also become more healthy mentally and physically yeah. like oh for me yeah. uh yeah it's super super makes me happy it's super yeah. inspiring yeah, I, the, the thing I've always noticed from you, and I hope people get a sense of this from from the podcast with you as well, is that like um, you're you're passionate about helping those people that you connect with in terms of like your experience with dancer, like so therefore you have that like you're in that space, you're in that sphere. And yes, I want to help people with their performance and with their ability of whatever discipline of dancing they're in, but you're can you're your mate what makes you like as they're like you 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 come even more alive when it's like i'm interested in just helping them be better people and or you know it, it, it's beyond the it's beyond the just helping them with their performance um but going to going just come back to that performance of you mentioned around mechanics you talked about um there we're sort of almost taught to breathe in a way so people can't see it which provides so they don't want to see the belly moving because that doesn't look presumably it's for a visual thing i'm only assuming and yeah. so you talked about like being able to breathe into the side and breathe into the back. Like how, what's your understanding of mechanics now in terms of helping and how can those better mechanics, you've got a challenge where if I'm teaching a rugby player, better breathing mechanics, it doesn't matter what it, it doesn't matter if visually it doesn't mm -hmm. look, you know, we can see that we can see the belly moving. Whereas you've got a challenge in there. Like how do you navigate that? And how do you see ribcage mechanics articulation in like helping people with their movement that someone listening that isn't a dancer might be able to appreciate okay so if i work on my breathing i can't touch my toes at the moment and my hamstrings are tight when i go mm -hmm. out for a run they feel horrible how might that like carry over or if i'm a dancer like i'm listening i'm a dancer and i'm like okay yeah tell me tell me like how am i how does my mechanics help me with my movement yeah yeah, so I think uh, even though dancers are really good at moving and they are like movement experts in everything that they do, if they do this professionally, for sure, they they are really good at expressing stuff. But we are we are lacking the awareness of the ribcage moving mm. it's most of the times because we are so busy moving the limbs and being mm. on the music and expressing something with the face or whatever that the ribcage is like the, the less visible thing that we have and carry so making a dancer aware of the ribs closing for example uh using the motion of the the ribs coming together most of the the, the dancers that i've been working with so far have the tendency to stay in the outward um in the outward ex expansion but they 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 can do it while being um isolated uh the the movement of the ribs but the moment that they turn a pirouette they might forget that they have to relax their 
their ribs and move them inside to turn better. So right. seeing and analyzing the dancer uh, individually where or the legs are not moving as high, maybe because they are tensing their ribs too much while they're moving their legs. So we need to learn to relax the ribs while moving uh, the legs high into yeah. to the... Uh, things like that and and i think um i think i'm not answering the question in the no, way no, no, yeah. you're no, no, but yeah. I, i'll just continue two more things and then otherwise you can ask me again um uh also the 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 diaphragms of the of the dancers are not strong enough because of the way they breathe so this is why they start to have tensions in their either shoulders or in their in their spine i i work more with incre increasing the co2 tolerance um yeah. So that the movement of the belly or the aesthetics is not so um, important. And I also explain to them why they should learn to relax their, their, yeah. their, their abdominals. But strengthening the diaphragm uh, will help them to go further without losing their breath and uh, jump better and, and go into the floor and out of the floor uh, with more ease and, and feel, feel better. Yeah. No, no, I do, I do, I do love that. And I think it's, it's one of those things that people like hearing the importance of training the mechanics, training the strength of the diaphragm and training like CO2 times all different dimensions of breathing, hearing that in different contexts from different coaches and, and hearing it in different ways, I think is, is really important. Um, there was a, a quote from um, I can't remember his surname. I can't remember where, it, where exactly where it's from, but uh, someone called Chapman that was, I think, studying like um, the effect of movement and breathing. Mm -hmm. and, and his quote was that if um, if breathing isn't normalized, no other movement pattern can be. And as you're saying, they're like, if the diaphragm is stuck, or if the ribs are stuck out because they're not, they don't want to let the things come in. Like it's literally affecting the position of your spine and your ribcage and tissues around the pelvis and everything so like it's going to impact how the rest of the the limbs and things move um and presumably you mentioned there about co2 tolerance that can be our sort of segue into the conditioning part of it presumably and diaphragm strength you said presumably if i'm compromised with my breathing we're talking there about okay it's going to compromise i think it's the obvious one it's going to if my if my breathing's compromised, it's going to compromise my spinal stability, which is going to come or my lumbar pelvic hip stability, which is going to compromise my movement. And that's been sort of well documented. The, the effect of my compromised breathing, where do you see that? Or how have you, what sort of improvements have you seen or benefits have you seen from like helping people with their um, aerobic capacity or the conditioning part of a dance routine or dance training when you when you work on diaphragm strength and co2 tolerance mm -hmm. mm. is that weird for you know when you say to dance we're going to work on co2 tolerance they like what the hell is that like or is yeah. that is it is it something that they're open to like i'm interested it's a completely different sport i've never been in yeah i think i think they are open to it because it sounds fancy and, <laughs> okay. Depends. See, now it's interesting because uh, now I just don't want to go too much into gender, but I'm I'm a woman, and when I talk about this to men, um, no matter if they are in the parkour field or dance field, it's a bit like I don't believe what you're saying. I think I have okay. to read books first to make sure it's right, and then we can go for it. 
Um, whereas if people know me better and know how I, how I move or what I've done, uh, how I dance and how I work, they trust me immediately. And then they go like, oh, that sounds super fancy. I want to, okay. I want to learn it. So it's yeah. a lot of about trust. Yeah, I get if, that. If, if there's no knowledge to it, and we have been talking about that yeah. uh, in previous uh, calls that we had, it's it's it takes a lot of trust. But the thing is, yeah. if and I it's weird breath holding. Like yeah. I was I was with the sure. rugby team at the uh, this earlier this week, and I was like, I said like, look, I, I get it. I get why you think it's weird. Like it is weird. Like holding your breath whilst doing something, do, doing a sprint, like it's weird. So I appreciate that it's weird, but just, just like, let me tell you the, like very quickly in 30 seconds, like why this weird thing is actually going to give you a benefit and it's dead easy. Well, it's not easy. It's, it's easy in terms of holding your breath. It's, it's, <laughs> there's a discomfort when they're strong. Right. But I, I, it's one of those things. I think that we, it's very easy when we've gone into it and we're like, oh yeah, breath or like to me, holding my breath, doing an exercise is not weird now at all, but I have to constantly try to remind myself of like, oh yeah, when I first came across it, I thought it was weird. And so when we first explain it to someone, of course, they're going to think it's weird. It sounds totally um, opposite to what most people, if you say, we're going to do some breath, I'm going to help you with your breathing. They're immediately, their first, not everyone, but nine times out of 10, or let's not put a number on it. It's very common. And it also makes sense that people think, oh, you're going to teach me how to get more air in. Right. And you go, what I'm going to do is we're going to hold a breath. You hold on, hold on. That's the opposite of what I thought we were going to be doing. And then it's like, but yeah, I, I understand from what you're saying. It, it, is, it is trust. And that's, that's a coach. God, we could do a whole podcast on like, that's a coaching interpersonal thing, isn't it? Like what makes a good coach? you got to know your stuff, but like all of the great coaches, I had the pleasure of being coached by the ones that I thought were the best were the ones that, yes they knew their stuff that's a given it was how they interacted with us or the team for sure exactly yeah 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 yeah. it's it's an interesting thing but the funny thing is uh, the person the coach that you trust makes you trust yourself double so you can Ooh, follow the instructions that i like and then you double the trust within yourself through the knowledge that the coach that you trust is carrying within yeah that's special that's special. So, um, what are, when so you've got someone's trusted you, you've got over the weirdness of the yeah. breath holding. Like, what what are some of the sort of things that people are reporting, either you know, in yourself or clients that you're working with? So, uh, the, the 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 clients, I think the 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 first thing is they have to learn to breathe through their nose, right? Because they cannot hold uh, their breath; they will panic immediately if they are not used to even breathe through their noses. So, yeah. okay. I think this is one of the main things they learn how to trust themselves. Because something that felt impossible at first hmm. becomes something that is possible, not just within their private lives, but specifically while being in their performance situation. So. I had a, a dancer um, that I've been working with a bit uh, last week telling me, hey, uh, thank you again also for putting your videos on Instagram um, because it's been helping me to calm the fuck down while being uh, backstage. Yeah, yeah, yeah? Sure. I like I, I didn't I, I was not sure how I should react, but, but I saw myself hyperventilating. Yeah. I knew that I have to stop my breathing after an exhale and I could regulate myself. Nice, and that, that's nice, you know, when you can yeah. see people being better. And or being able to to push through jumping sequences where they usually then would go backstage or to the side and feel like they would die. 
they're yeah. not dying anymore they have they're having fun they they feel good it, it makes you feel extremely powerful if you use the exercises that we teach and yeah. then you see they work and you can become better at what you do and the, yeah. i've even people that have stopped smoking because they felt better doing the um breath right. holds than smoking it would give them more more of a kick right that's that's a good right there you go there's another that's a whole that's interesting that's 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 another that's more than a podcast that's a whole you could have a whole career just helping people get quit smoking by um wow there's so the uh there's there's like a double whammy thing that i see and this is so funny it's so good to to it's so good for me to have these types of conversations because like i see my little sport of like well i know rugby and blah 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 and then like i can equate it to something else like football so i work with a couple i've worked with a couple of footballers where like rugby and football is quite different but it's quite the same like in terms of there's these little periods in the game where you get to rest and recover and then there's also like trying to recover after the game and training and whatnot and like as you were talking then and i was thinking it, and then you then you like came you came to it they're going like when you're breathing better, when you're mechanically, when your diaphragm stronger, when your CO2 tolerance is better, when you can when you can breathe through your nose, you can influence your states in terms of nerves. But you're not feeling as fatigued when you're doing some hard jumping sequences, as you say, and so you're not fatiguing as fast or as much. And the periods where you get to rest and recover during a performance. You actually recover better so then you can come back in with more energy more focus like there's got to be a, a there's got to be a part of um like brain function the ability to concentrate and focus and be on that on that in those sequences that breathing better is beneficial from a cognitive process right absolutely i think huberman yeah. i was listening to a podcast i've been studying a lot of neurology lately mm -hmm. with him. he was mentioning something about it also in connection to the uh cold water um yeah. that, that we also do um and and i can see that i was working with a parkour athlete her name is renee dambly she's doing a lot of competitions one of the strongest parkour athlete uh, in the world at the moment, a female, beautiful person. And we we were doing breath work um, before a competition she had in the US, I mm -hmm. think. And I could see she was explaining she was able to focus better before the yeah. competition. She would be able to move faster without feeling um, anxious while running and yeah. doing her parkour. Yeah. And seeing people just staying um, while doing things that are extremely at the edge of what they are usually able to do yeah. and it's nice in parkour it's potentially dangerous right as well it's yeah. not just it's not just pushing the physical capabilities okay. it's um cool um i think there was um one bit i wanted to come back to about um manage and you mentioned it there like her being able to stay calm but like if i'm about to step on stage and this could be like a dancer or it could be taking part in a parkour competition or it could be somebody the stage might be i'm doing a powerpoint presentation at work in front of five of my colleagues and i'm actually that really makes really pushes me outside my comfort zone like what are some of the um what are some of the things that what's some of the things that you tools you give to to clients or like processes that you go through how do you how do you help people with that so that someone listening to this at home, even if they're not a parkour world champion or a, or a dancer, they can still 
sort of benefit from that as well yeah so i i always have this tendency to to look at everything the person is doing and not to, not just at their breath because i think okay, the cool. breath is also a mirror to what they are choosing to do in their lives sure. so if you're listening i think uh one of the first and most simple keys i would give you is when observe when are you feeling like you're breathing the way you wish to breathe which are the moments during your days or weeks where you're like i think i caught myself feeling in a in a nice breathing pattern and then i would ask them is this because you are spending time with a person that makes you feel like that is it because it's weekend and you are resting but is it maybe in a stressful situation at work that you're feeling uh, you see and then i would see which which um, which foods are making the person breathe better because there are definitely foods that make you feel more out of breath. Um, then, like, okay, who who are the people that make you feel good? Of course, too. But um, the thing is, I I tell the people as you do too. Please try to to figure out ways to breathe through your nose as much as you can, yeah. and then start to because i don't want people i've learned that from you to not do extra work with their breathing uh if it's not necessarily necessary they yeah, yeah. just if you go for a walk or you're in the supermarket if you're on your bike start implementing a break after an exhale for five seconds and do that for five times and do that three times a day if you do that it's already so much things going on in your system that are new for you but you can keep implementing that to get your nervous system into a new state in your emotions as well nice nice um i think that's um i like the round i like the rounded approach like i sometimes you know i'm probably one for i i, I appreciate and i and i'll often say it it's like you know Breathing can affect all sorts of things, potentially could have a, an effect on everything, but it doesn't mean that it's a cure-all for everything. And it's like part of a puzzle that when we understand the individual better, which I love that I know that I will often, um, I guess you, you know what you know, so you go to what you know. So it's like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll hone on the, the breathing element because I know that that's what I know rather than, um, it's a great lesson in like also zooming out and just looking at all parts and, and components uh, of that. Definitely. Um, so Sarah, thanks for, um, thanks for spending this time uh, with us and sharing with us. If people are interested in more of what you do, where's, where's, where's a good place uh, sort of Instagram to get, get a flavor of what you do. And then also know you do other sort of teachings and things. Where can people find out more from you? So yeah, I'm I'm working on my website, which should be out by the end of April latest. Um, I'll I'll send you the name of it so that you yeah. can put it underneath um, yes. this call uh, or yeah episode. And then uh, Saisa Belmore, you can also type that down. Maybe it's the easiest or more epic breathing, more epic breathing on Instagram uh, would be a way to contact me. And I'm yeah. more and than more happy is M O H R M O H R yeah, not M O R E. Exactly. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. We'll put we'll put the links in the show notes so people can people can do that. Um, and I'm sure if people have questions, you know, head over to to Sarah's Instagram. Um, ask her. You can slide into those DMs. Ask any questions. Um, and equally, we'd we'd love to hear have to hear from you what you thought of um, 
of the podcast too. And um, I'm sure the listeners will um, join me in thanking you for uh, sharing uh, your knowledge and, and your experience with us. And um, yeah, we, I'm, I'm for one excited to see um, where you keep taking your work within that creative art space. And um, yeah, very grateful that they have someone, you know, like you that can coach them in this area of, of breath training and also that, that wide approach you take to it that, you know, there probably, there probably isn't many, if not any people within that space, you know, delivering that type of additional sort of help and support for people. So keep Thank doing you. what you're doing. Thank you, Jacob. Very, very appreciated.